With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know what? We give you such great content. We've had everyone on here from Michael B. Jordan to Ava DuVernay. My- we- Michelle. Michelle Yo. Yes. We've discovered Henry Golden. <laughs> We've had Oscar winners. We've had Oscar winners. Emmy winners. Emmy winners. <laughs> Tony winners. Golden Globe winners. The it's least you could the do. least you could do there's a rating system and we would love for you just to click on five stars for us <laughs> and leave a comment only if they're nice nice though. comments nice only. comment and you know, you know we're very fragile no, I'm just we're very fragile we're journalists so we're fragile <laughs> but yeah leave us a comment let us know what you think rate us five stars tell your friends yeah, about this show exactly. tell your friends tell your mom recommend it you to know, everybody sit down with your parents listen to this over dinner while you're eating food <laughs> you eat dinner but yeah please rate us give us five stars and leave us a comment or two it will be very much appreciated please welcome to the stage matthew cherry and little Rel. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank so you. you two are both from Chicago. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and you sort of got into this career with the, you were a, you were an NFL player and you, you did stand up comedy. How when navigating through this career, first of all, was this something that you initially wanted to do early on? Um, and how have you sort of how has your goal sort of changed as you've been navigating through the career? Yeah, you know, for me, I, you know, I played sports ever since a young age, like five years old. And, you know, I was always interested in film. I was a part of the AV club in high school. I majored in radio TV broadcast in uh, college. And I knew, um, you know, early on when I got to the NFL, how political it was and that I was going to have to try to figure out my plan B. And so I knew that I was going to move to either L.A. or New York and, you know, try to start from the ground up and get into it. You know, I knew being wanting to be in production that my path would be a little different, you know, that I would have to kind of start as a production assistant and kind of learn on set and kind of grow because I didn't go to film school. And um, in terms of goals, you know, I just think it's kind of what they were talking about on the panel before. Like, it's about representation. And when you see people working these different jobs when you're on set, when you see a black director, when you see a black grip or electrician, you know, these are jobs that I don't think growing up, you think that people look like you are able to earn money, like moving cords and plugging in lights. You know, you don't think of that. So you know, I just think the more that you're kind of around a certain um, vibe, particularly on set, you know, the more your goals kind of rise and rise. And I was lucky to be around a lot of really talented people. Uh, well, first of all, 
Can we give him some love for his Oscar? Uh, yes. <laughs> Such a dope cartoon. That's my struggle, bro. Uh, <laughs> um, so with me, I knew I wanted to do stand-up at a real early age. Big Eddie Murphy fan. Uh, big, you know, fan of Richard Pryor. You know, I did the thing where I listened to, like, my parents' albums and stuff like that. Um, I just knew I wanted to do this. Like, I was, like, watching TV and kept picturing myself being on television. Like, I remember I wrote a show called, used to be a show on NBC called Name Your Adventure. That, uh, what's A.C. Slate, the real name? Uh, uh, Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. I don't know why. I was like, oh, it's so Mario Lopez. I still call him A.C. Slater. I can't hear <laughs> Mario Lopez fan here, guys. <laughs> I was supposed to do their show, too. I'm like, okay, A.C. Slater. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I wrote a show called Name Your Adventure. It used to come on. It was on, like, for one season. And I wrote my adventure that I wanted to be on an 11 color set. You know what I'm saying? I was, like, 10. And, you know, so I used to do that. I used to, like, write. Like, I thought Dwayne Wayne was really Dwayne Wayne. No. Until he sent me, I guess they don't know who be writing him. So I wrote him a letter, and I'm a fan. And he sent me a headshot with him on a motorcycle with a leather jacket. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, this ain't Dwayne Wayne. Who's Kadeem Hodgson? Because I don't know nobody's name. And, uh, but no, but I, I've been knowing I want to do this for a long time. In the stand-up world, you know, I'm, I'm a believer if you, if you, you know, I just believe in knowing your purpose. I believe if you know the one thing you're supposed to do, it's going to open up the doors for everything you want to do. So... Uh, knowing doing stand-up, stand-up opened up the doors for me want to act. So I've always done this, but I knew I wanted to do this really early. Yeah, I want to ask you, because you, you brought up a good point about manifestation and, and sort of um, the power of that. And I know I was ta- we were talking back there about the tweet that you tweeted out in 2012, if you don't mind sharing with people what it was. Oh, no. Um, man, I'm probably messing it up, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, give us the... No, it, 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 the chest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, I, I said, um, you know, I'm going to be nominated for an Oscar one day, and I'm already claiming it. Yeah, exactly. So, can you both just sort of speak to that and to the power of manifestation and what it's sort of done in, in your careers? Yeah, you know, for me, um, you know, being an athlete, I just think, you know, it's all about setting goals. You know, like, you... you it's very clear-cut, like... If I'm faster than the next guy, then you win the race. If you catch the pass and he doesn't knock it down, you scored a touchdown. So it really was just a matter of just really trying to apply that to my filmmaking career. You know, 2012, it was interesting because, um, you know, I had just done my first feature. You know, I think sometimes when you get a feature done, because that's such a big task in itself, you think like the doors of Hollywood are supposed to open to you. And like, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, I'm about to get an agent, you know, get this next big movie. And none of that happened. And kind of what I've noticed is that oftentimes, you know, we only one of us kind of get that get that opportunity kind of each year. You know, one year was Ava DuVernay, one year was Ryan Coogler, one year was Dee Reese. And if you're a filmmaker and you're not of that caliber, then you it's really kind of back to square one. And, you know, for me, it was just a matter of really just sometimes you have to just encourage yourself. And Twitter is great, especially when you don't have a lot of followers. You can just put stuff out there and, you know, nobody will like it. And you could just kind of talk it to yourself. And, uh, you know, back then I didn't have a lot of, you know, uh, following. So I just, you know, sometimes you just want to encourage yourself. And um, sometimes you have to visualize it before you make it real. And that was just something that I... You know, obviously awards aren't everything, you know, for us, particularly with Hair Love. I feel like we've already won just because mm. it's already touching so many lives. But 
you know, I think awards and things like the Oscars, they represent kind of success at the highest level in your field. And I don't think there's anything wrong for wanting to operate at the highest level. So I just thought that was a cool story. I thought it was a great story. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. The secret. <laughs> Anyone? Okay, whatever. The secret. Yes, the secret. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you were navigating through the industry and you're early on in your career, um, how did you adapt to the industry or how did you try to make the industry adapt to you? I've been myself since day one. I, and I think kind of me not knowing any better, I've kind of lucked up into a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? So most of the series I've been on outside the Carmichael show, I produced and was a write on. So I, you know, I kind of feel like if you're in control of the narrative you want people to see as far as the shows and stories you want to tell, you got to be in charge of that. You know, like, I really don't even, I, I, I think it's such a crazy, like, even when, like, Get Out came out, like, I think it came out, I haven't auditioned since then. I don't know if that's normal, but I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right. Um, that's just straight, it been straight off as that. It was very interesting because I didn't know it worked like that. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Uh, but I remember Jordan Peele preparing me for that. But I've just been a sponge of everything for a long time. And I think, you know, just kind of not knowing any better about anything, it helped me a lot. And even more now, the position I'm in, especially going to 2020, is really been, I've been putting my producer hat on, you know what I mean? Trying to, like, put on other creatives. Like, I'm one of dudes that I talk crazy if I don't like the way somebody else is doing stuff. But I'm not one to talk about something and then I'm not going to do anything. You know what I'm saying? So, like... As much as I'm like, they can do that better, okay, then I'm going to do it better. Let me show you how to do it then. So I, I just think just, uh, I think you just let the game adjust to you. Be yourself. I mean, we hear that all the time, but like, I see people kind of try to either, especially in the stand-up field sometimes, you almost want to be who's hot, right? And it's like, all right, this is the hot person now, so everybody going to do their material in this type of way and do stuff this way. That's why, like, I, I love, like, what the specials was last year, like, with mine and Chappelle it was, all, it was all different, you know what I'm saying, Dion Cole, it was just different. And I think at one time, you know, if you wasn't doing stuff like Chappelle and say, I'm going to go in on the Me Too movement, I'm going to do this and that, but that's that man, you know what I'm saying? I think we have so many different experiences of people. I wanted to tell a whole other experience from an honest standpoint of just being black and getting some money and dealing with your family. And like, so, but I'm just saying, like, I, I love the fact that as long as everybody being themselves, we can tell all these amazing stories. That's what, that's what makes Lena... To this day, I think that Thanksgiving episode is just brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But she was just being herself and telling her story. So I think if we keep doing stuff like that, you ain't got to adjust to nobody. All my friends is doing well, everybody being who they are without trying to fit into whatever the norm is. Good answer. Matthew? Um, you know, I, I, I think, I don't know. It's just like for me, similar to Rel, um, I believe in creating your own opportunities, you know, uh, I knew pretty early on when I moved to L.A., like, it's hard to get in these rooms and pitch, especially back then. You know, it wasn't a 100 different networks doing original programming, you know, back in, uh, you know, 07 when I moved to L.A. And, um, you know, so I, I just really believe in that. Like, sometimes you got to create your own opportunity. And if you build it, they'll come. You know, Hair Love was my third Kickstarter campaign. You know, like the first Kickstarter campaign I did for my first movie, it was a struggle to raise like 15000 I mean, it's like reaching out to people in high school I ain't talked to in 20 years. Like, you know, people like, why are you begging for money on the Internet? All that, you know what I mean? But 
you just gotta, but if you want to get it made, you know, you, you get it done, you know, and there's no excuses. And I think, um, it's just been just kind of gradual progressions. And I've been really lucky just to kind of link up with great people like Jordan, similar with Rel and people like Ava DuVernay and just great people who, um, you know, just inspirations and just them existing and them being an example of like what success looks like when you kind of are able to do it your own way and kind of tell stories that represent your people in a great light. And, you know, just want to continue that. And, yes. and, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now that you guys are sort of in the position that you're in where you can make decisions for yourself and you can produce your own content, um, I want to ask what you guys sort of do on your own to, to, to give back, because I think that's really important when it comes to inclusive and representation and, and all that stuff that we talk about. Um, giving back is something that I feel like, you know, we we don't really discuss. I mean, we, it's not really like a big discussion. Right. What do you guys sort of do in your own to, to give back and to help the, the younger, the next gen community kind of come up? Well, this is what I'm about to say. It shouldn't even I don't know if it should be a discussion if you're just doing it right. So, like, I look at, like, every type of casting, every type of everything. Like, I, I've been hands-on. Like, when I had my show, I, I didn't really use my casting directors like that. I'm just being honest. I knew everybody for every role. I knew who I wanted to look out for was people that I started comedy with early in my career. Because you know what's crazy? The problem is people be want to tell you what you're supposed to do to give back. It's your, you know, this is your opportunity. You do it the way you want to. I know... When I, I promised God if I got in there, then I was going to look out for a bunch of people. Dude, I had like, I found my man that played Eddie Kane because I was a fan. I was, and put him on a show when I knew nobody wasn't booking him. And he still was a beast and gave out great advice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, like, I'm just saying to give it back, it should just be naturally done. Yeah. It's giving out work. It's not hard. You know, I think a lot of times people just don't know if they can speak up at certain, I'm talking about from hair and makeup. You can suggest a costume person. Don't be, just say something. You don't know what they're going to say. Sometimes nobody feel like looking for all that. So just suggest them. <laughs> Straight up. You make their job easier. So, you know, I, man, like this year alone, just, uh, you know, my, my amazing assistant and her friends created a dope show that I, I was able to fund. You know what I mean? They did an amazing job. We shot in Louisiana. I'd like randomly be online watching people's like trailers that can't finish their movie. And if I like it enough, I'll pay for it. And I, and I ain't like doing it to be like, oh, this is what I did. But it's like, just give back if you want to. It ain't it ain't rocket science, and it's like that's why like I can't, you know I, I you know I love Tyler Perry, and I think I'm proud of him. Here we go. But but I I'm just being honest, and I, I told myself I'm gonna say something because I don't agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I don't understand. You can't write a show called Sisters, <laughs> and you're not a sister, <laughs> so you don't want no suggestions or nothing. So I, I know we talk a good game about this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this and doing that. And I, once again, I'm talking, but I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Now, I don't have what he got yet. But as I climb up here, I'm going to do even more of that. That's, we we got to do better, man. It's all talk. But if, if you really own that, then give people jobs, bro. Like, oh, right. You can't base nothing on one writer's room, brother. That means you didn't hire good writers. Find more writers. <laughs> there you go. That's just real. <laughs> Want to add, Matthew? Oh, I can't follow that. I mean, <laughs> what ways to give back? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just being open, you know, and open to giving advice. You know, people reach out. You know, I think sometimes, particularly like on social media, you know, it's cool to kind of close yourself off and not respond to people if they have a question. You know, I think 
you know, be that sharing somebody's GoFundMe campaign or Kickstarter campaign. Um, you know, they have a question about how you shot some being able to respond. You know, I think, you know, it's just simple stuff like that. I don't, I, you know, I think obviously like the more it grows, like the more I want to do. But I think, you know, the simple act of just being available and down to just like, you know, talk about your experience, you know, that can help the next person, you know, because that's what helped me when I was coming up. Well, real quick, and I, and I bounce off that. You said something earlier that was dope that a lot of young black people, including myself, didn't know all the jobs that's in this business. Yeah. From lighting, from sound, to all, all these great jobs. From like, learn to be a composer, all this great stuff. So I, you know, and this has been a discussion I've had with quite a few people, even the last few months, like, yo, we need to figure out what programs that is to bring people on set to see everything and not just in front of the camera. Not, like, really see all these amazing jobs you can have from grips to whatever, that's all a part of making this process. And it's, all, it's a lot of great creative jobs in our business. Set decorators. All, like all those, and all those pieces come together to make great movies and great shows. So I just know we do need to figure out a better way to like open our young people up to see every job that's available out in entertainment. Yeah. Um, so um, I interviewed Matthew. When was it South by Southwest? 2016 for a movie he had there called Nine Rides. Anyone? It's, it, and he was filming on iPhones before anyone else does, so it was all done on iPhones. But now your film, Hair Love, earned an Oscar nomination. We were all up at five in the morning waiting for that nomination to happen uh, for Best Animated Short. And um, you started the journey for Hair Love in 2017? That's not right? Um, and it, it became this like formidable award season contender. Um, when making the short, what kind of intention did you have besides making us cry? <laughs> did you feel the... And then when you were making it, did you feel this kind of pressure to represent the community in an authentic way? Yeah, you know, um, so Hair Love, so... A couple years ago, I kept coming across all these viral videos of uh, black dads doing their daughter's hair. And I don't know, like, I like to share family-friendly content. And for whatever reason, like, when I was sharing videos of the fathers, like, it was always go more viral than anything else. And, you know, the comments were kind of like, oh, this is so cute. And I'm not used to seeing this. And it just felt like people were, like, looking at it almost like as an anomaly somehow. Like, this is a unique thing that black dads normally don't do. And for me, like, I have a lot of friends that are young fathers. And, you know, I think nowadays, too, a rent being so expensive and both parents having to work, you know, you got to step up. Like, a mom got to go to work early. Dad's at the house. You got to get the kids ready. And it's not really that same kind of gender norm that um, kind of existed back in the day. And just it felt like a good opportunity to represent on a couple of different levels. One, to kind of shine a light on black fathers who so often get a bad rap in mainstream media. Um, two, to kind of do something that would have young boys and girls kind of see themselves in this animated space. Because back when we did Hair Love in 2017, that Kickstarter, only three animated features in a hundred year history of film had featured black protagonists as leads. You had Bebe's Kids, you had Princess and the Frog, and you had Home, the Rihanna movie. And this was obviously while Spider-Verse was still getting made. So, you know, I really just wanted to show something that you know, young kids could kind of see themselves represented on that screen because oftentimes those animated movies are the ones that have the highest grosses. Oftentimes the whole family is able to enjoy it. And so just wanted to represent in that space. And um, yeah, you know, for us, it just really felt like there was a big responsibility to kind of represent. You know, it felt like we were going to be able to showcase a black family kind of being themselves, kind of normalizing that. Um, Something as simple as just 
normalizing our black hair. You know, there's so many stories that are happening now with young kids being sent home, not being able to graduate because they have locks and not natural hair. You know, you can't work a certain job if your hair is in braids or you have, you know, certain length hair. So it just felt like a great opportunity to just kind of represent for the culture. And I hope we did everybody proud. It's a great, great short. And if you guys haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. So very easily accessible. Um, So just speaking of Oscars, obviously, like everybody was talked about the big, you know, the big complaint was the the lack of diversity, lack of uh, female inclusion. But what do you guys think? Do you do you feel like these sort of award shows are, are can serve as a barometer of sort of where we are in terms of diversity? And and. Second part to this is, do you feel like we should, these, these awards matter enough that we should care, basically? <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer, a big sigh. <laughs> sigh. I'm in a weird place where, like, right. I'm very specific about what award shows I like to watch and participate in. It's a reason why I'm, I'm hosting the Africa Awards. Mm. They've supported me and my films and my shows or whatever. They show love to me. And they recognize what's really good. It's just weird to me, man. What is, what, I don't know what they think a hit movie is. I don't know what they think a hit show is. I don't know what they think is good anymore. You know, Get Out lost the shape of water. <laughs> I don't care what nobody's saying. You, know, you ask somebody what shape of what. All right. So. It's the fish fucking I'm movie. I'm just being honest, though. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I'm very confused on what's good and what's not good. I, I don't know no more. I don't know what they want to see black people star in anymore. You know, you know God, I'm too honest. But it, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just what it, I This just, is a safe I, space. I, I don't know anymore. And we have all these amazing female directors that did all these amazing, you mean to tell me not one of them. Because you have some of these directors that's nominated as best directors that literally directed the same type of movie they did three or four times already. Come on, fam, for real. Like, that's, that's whack to me. So I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who's on these councils. They act like they brought in more people to make it more diverse. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm just being honest. No, I don't, that's true. I don't know. But do you think we should care? No, we shouldn't care. Just care about making dope art. There you go. I, I know it's hard to say that, but for real, I know and it's tough. Like you said, bro, like it's tough to say that you see somebody like this dude who deserves to be nominated for an Oscar, mm. but I just be so scared that he want to show us love a little bit so we won't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I don't think we should care. We should just care about the impact. Like your cartoon had an impact on my kids. Yeah. That's what I care about. As a black father, that made me happy to see that. And I think that impact is more than somebody giving you an award and you go to some weird after party. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Again, how do you follow that? (laughs) Well, like being in your position, you know, you you got nominated and kind of seeing, you know, what what Rel was saying, like when we, you know, when we woke up at bright and early 5 a.m. to cover that those nominations and they had two people of color announcing them, which was, I think was like low key shade. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting to see what happened. And it was also, it was like, I was just like, um, I'm surprised, but not surprised. Yeah. I mean, look, I I think it's definitely, you know, year after year, it's a challenge because some years you have more representation and everybody's cool and other years, 
there's not. And I just think, you know, it's just a continuous battle that needs to be fought. You know, I think for us, that's why we say, like, we already won. Like, you know, we have a book that's out into the market. We're seeing pictures of young kids, you know, being read it by their parents. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing these pictures of these young kids with their parents watching the, the short on TV, like that's real impact. And that's change that we'll, we probably won't even know until 10 or 20 years later. And so, you know, yeah, I think on one hand, we definitely already won. But on another hand, I think we just need more of us in the game. You know what I mean? Like every year we have like thousands of movies that come out and they come into theaters. And I think the more opportunities that we get to direct, to act, to write, you know, to be production designers, there are a lot of categories that we don't even really try to go for. Sound editing, sound mixing. Um, you know, I just think the more opportunities that we get and that really it's a cliche thing to say but it really starts at the top like you need more executives to green light our to green light our projects you know we can't just be behind the camera and not you know making stuff and people not really into it and knowing what to do with it when it comes to marketing it and getting out because there are great movies like clemency atlantix yes the farewell i mean you know you can go on and on with these great projects that came out but for whatever reason they didn't get the love so you know, I just think we got to keep working, keep keep um, getting work out there, and eventually, you know, our time will come. And if not, you know, like again, like Rel said, they're great shows that do honor us. AFCA, the NAACP Image Awards, like we got to show love to them as well, and not just always try to show love to the to the one big award show that everybody says is yeah. hot. Yeah, we got to stop showing love <laughs> to get love from the Oscars. You know what I'm well, saying? There you go. Like oh. people will show up to our stuff. Uh-huh. You'll come to it hoping that it help you get your 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 other approval but yes. that's you know you gotta we gotta really support each other and support these these amazing like an african-american critics association that's so important yeah it's so important to support support black media i mean we talk about like it was so crazy when like holly berry talked to somebody and they was like oh holly i mean she's been on the carpet for a while so we should always go to y'all first i know i've been doing it since i started i don't even i'm very uncomfortable i don't even I like what I want past a Hollywood reporter. I don't want to talk to you. I don't even know, because I don't know if you're going to even write what I said. Mm-hmm. So we rushing us. Like, come on, yeah. Like, let's just, <laughs> let's just support us and do us and support us and do us. Let's just keep doing that, please. It's, I think it's working for us. I, and once again, if they change these rules a bit, a lot of these rules are really just old rules. Mm. And, you know, like, think about Eddie Murphy, who's brilliant. Like, you know, Dolomite's my name is good, but like, the man Pele Nutty Professor, he was like six people. Yep. That ain't good enough for at least best actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give Lapita her things. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I'm so happy you guys say that. I mean, I think it kind of, some, it was summed up best by, like, I interviewed Lulu Wong re- uh, recently, the director of The Farewell. She said something to the effect of pioneers don't see the change they make. Uh, it's for the people who are coming up. So it'll be frustrating, it'll be messy, but you know, pioneers like you guys uh, and Kelvin and, and Lolo, we, we, won't, we don't get benefit from the change. It's for the people that come after us. Thank you, guys. No, I'm um, <laughs> but uh, before, uh, I, I, you know, the diversity conversation, you know, I, I, I cover that a lot <laughs> at Deadline, and it sometimes is very exhausting. It's sometimes you, you, you talk in circles, right? You feel like you're saying the same thing over and over again. And then when me and Amanda host this podcast, when we come up with questions, we're like, oh, what else can we talk about? Diversity? Okay. Um, but 
what do you do to keep yourself motivated when you feel like giving up? I, I think just keep working, you know, like just you, you remember what why you moved to L.A. in the first place. You know, what, what what dream it was that you were chasing. And you just always remember that, and, you know, and stay humble and, and stay working. That's a good answer. Yeah. Oh, how do I follow that? Uh, no, I had, get, I, I had to get one. I had to get one. <laughs> um, you know, what's crazy. Like. Uh, what helps me is I always think about what my parents did for a living. Like a lot, of, like most, maybe some of our parents did jobs they didn't want to do, to make sure we ate and food was on the table and clothes on our back and all that stuff. And so I think about it all the time. Like, all right, my mom taking three buses to work, and I get a chance to wake up and do what I love to do every single day, and I stay motivated that way because I'm like, and I think about what you said also. Like at this point, I've been like crazy focused on generational wealth. Like I'm okay with not seeing what I create. You know, I tell my kids all the time, look, what y'all need to do, get a picture of me and put it on everybody's house. If we, if, was that, that, he the one that did it and just have a story for me. But, <laughs> uh, but no, that's what keeps me motivated, honestly, is I really love what I do. I, I just remember being a kid, watching television, how, like, it, it didn't seem attainable. You know, you live in a hood, like, you don't know nobody that's doing this. And, like, to actually get here, that's why, man, I be having, I don't know if I'm getting older and it's like that, but, like, I just have these moments, man. Like, sometimes I be in my trailer and I just thank God for 30 minutes. And I'm, like, for real, because I just, like, yo, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I'm really, like, I'm on the big screen. I'm on, I'm working with all these amazing people. Um, you know, I get a chance to give out opportunities. You know, just being a stand-up, love making people laugh. You, you realize how much laughter people need that, like, need a good, hard laugh. So that's what keeps me motivated is that I just I'm so blessed and grateful to be doing this amazing thing we call entertainment, man. It's a lot harder jobs out there than what we do. And we able to get up in the morning and write and create and act and do all this dope stuff. And it's like, like I don't I, and I don't have to stop. I can just keep going as long as I want to. Yeah. Right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Lorel Matthew. That was amazing. Yes. Congrats. To Congrats. all your success. We're now we're going to see a lot more from you in the future. Thank you guys so much for being here. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.